Journey to Organization, Episode 88, Five Tips on Decluttering in Family Situations. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk to you about five tips I think will help you when you're getting rid of clutter if you live with people who are resistant to decluttering. So let's dive right in. Number one, it isn't you, it's me. It's easy to think that the problems that you have related to decluttering and well, just about anything else in your life are because of someone else. But honestly, can you truthfully say that you never are a main contributor to the problem or just a contributor at least? Is that always the truth? (laughs) By taking a minute, maybe use the stuck method from episode 86 with Shiragura to walk you through this one. Remember, it takes two to tango. You aren't always blameless. You sometimes, though I'm sure not often, are not perfect. And when you can remember this, it's a lot easier to see why others in your house may be holding on to things. Address their fears and worries. Ask questions gently to help them move forward. But remember, a lot of times it's you that's the problem. I have a client and she has ADHD and she's always blaming her husband for the state of their house. And he's a really good sport and he doesn't pick a fight with her, but he has told me privately that it makes him upset and, you know, she blames him a lot. (laughs) Now he admits he can be part of the problem, but it bugs her that he doesn't take responsibility and to him, he feels like it's not really his issue that is holding them back. It's something that she's stuck on that's holding them back. So she knows she has a problem. She works on it, but it's really hard. And it's hard to look at yourself at that way, in that way where you're the problem. And to be honest with yourself and say, okay, dial it back here. I'm really the problem. And By being able to say, okay, here's where I'm the problem. Here's where I can, you know, move forward on this situation. You can better move forward with the situation when you remind yourself that you aren't perfect and that you sometimes upset the other people in your home um, and that you're not the only one who gets irritated. If you put yourself in your spouse's shoes for just a minute and look at it from their perspective, or if you do that even from a teenager's perspective or even a small child's perspective, because, you know, kids have feelings too, look at their perspective, be extra, extra honest with yourself, and you'll maybe see where your fault lies in the process. And it's a lot easier to move forward and say like, okay, this is my problem here. I'm going to get it resolved and then we can move forward. Which brings me to number two. (laughs) Clean up your own space first. This is a no-brainer when I say it out loud, right? Clean up your own space first. It makes a lot of sense. How can you expect your spouse or your kids to clean up their space when you don't lead by example? When I go to people's homes, I almost always start with their master bedrooms. Even if the spouse isn't participating, I still like to start there because 
you got to start with you. Now, I do make exceptions once in a while, depending on the case. But in general, I find that that's the best place to start. First of all, it gives you sanctuary. (laughs) It allows you to have a space in your home that's completed. Um, If you spend time cleaning out all of the excess and organizing your space, people in your house tend to follow. Now, you may have to drag them along kicking and screaming, (laughs) but it usually does happen that way. I'll give you an example. I had a client and she worked with me both in person and on the phone and she was so pleased with her success and I was really pleased with her success and her husband was really pleased with the success. But we got to a point where we needed him to work on something so that we can continue on together and so she set up an appointment where the two of us were working together and she told me later on that she had overheard him on the telephone saying to one of his friends, like, I thought it was going to be so silly and dumb and and I, d- I didn't really want to do it. And I thought it would be a waste of money and a waste of time. But in the end, he told his friend, I'm so glad that I did it. It was an enjoyable process and I'm thrilled with the results. So sometimes you do have to, you know get people involved kicking and screaming but it is it will make a difference for them once they see the success that they have it it's a lot easier for them to understand why it's important because not everyone really from the get-go understands why decluttering is important and how all the extra stuff holds them back so make it a point to share your success with your family while you're eating dinner let's say you can be like hey family I cleaned up my room today and you want to know what? It's so much easier to find what I need or I feel so good and I'm really enjoying my clean space. Um, Another good time to talk to your family is when you're driving in the car because, you know, captive audiences, right? Um, Kids are a lot easier to get on board than spouses in in my opinion because kids do want that for themselves They just don't know how to get it because their executive functioning skills aren't advanced enough. So when they see that you now know how to show them how to do it, they get excited and they want that for themselves as well. And so it's a great way. uh, Getting yourself cleaned up is a good way to not only inspire your kids, but show your kids that you understand how to do this process and that now you can actually help them. Number three, get to the root of the problem. If you're stuck and you feel like you can't move on with the decluttering process, take a step back and be honest with yourself. Ask yourself, why are you holding on to this potential object? Is it sentimental? Is it, I don't know, did you pay a lot of money for it? What is the reason why you are holding on to this? So if it's sentimental, then you can ask yourself a few questions. Would I enjoy this item more if it was framed and I could actually put it out in my home? Uh, Is it sentimental to me because the person who owned it was important to me? Or is it sentimental to me because it signifies a time in my life that I can't really get back? Ask yourself if you need this item to really move forward and if you really need it to make your life feel complete. If the item is not necessarily sentimental, you just sort of enjoy it. That's a whole other set of questions, but a really good set of questions to ask yourself, regardless of the type of item is, do I want my kids to see this? (laughs) 
Or not just do I want my kids to see this, but do I want to burden my kids with the cleaning out of this item when I die? Is this something I want them to have to look through and go through? So for example, every year on our anniversary, my husband and I have started looking at the old letters that we sent to each other. And there were a few of them that we felt after a while we don't really want our kids to read. And so we decided together that we would divest ourselves of these letters and we keep the rest of them. And the kids actually like to see the other small little letters that we send to each other. And those are okay. And we don't mind sharing them. And and that's a ritual, even though that those items are sentimental for us, that's a ritual that, you know, we have decided to do together. We used to watch our wedding video <laughs> together, actually, on our anniversary. But I actually like this, this, uh, tradition that we started um, as well where we are looking at these letters because if we don't look at them what is the point of keeping them so that they can sit in the box so that my kids can discover them when we die after 120 years right and then they have to decide well these were important to my parents because they kept it all this time and so we must need to keep them too that's not true I think um Also, just as a little side note, it's important to specify to your kids, to your family in general, that even though you are keeping something, they don't necessarily need to keep it after you're gone because that gives them the permission to declutter once you have departed. And I know this sounds like a little bit of a depressing subject, but um, it's worth having these conversations because it frees up our families emotionally later on. And it actually feels good that I've had this conversation with my mom where, you know, she has said to me, this is going to you, that's going to your brother, that's going to your sister. And I'm like, great. And she's like, the rest of it, you guys can like divvy up. And what's great. And she said to me, I don't care what happens to it. It doesn't matter to me. And so that's that she gave me license to not feel sentimental when, you know, we're packing up the house and God willing, it will be a very, very long time from now, but it actually makes me feel, um, less worried and more, I don't know, cared for and that she has allowed me to say that while these things are important to her, they don't have to be important to me. But let me get back on track here. (laughs) Um, You may hold on to things because they cost you a lot of money, uh, because it took you a lot of effort to get them. But you got to really think about these things. Why are you holding on to them? Is it is it the sentiment? Is it the money? Is it the time and effort it took to get these items? What about this item is holding you back and how can you move forward? If you need a few minutes, if you feel like you need some time to think about it, then move it to the end of the pile. That's fine. If you need a few minutes for it, that's too long (laughs) while you're in the process of decluttering. So move it to the end of the pile, go back to it, let it sit there, let it ruminate in your mind. You'll find that when you go back to it, it's probably going to be a lot faster to make the decision. So just keep moving forward. When you get stuck, find something else that's an easy, easy pickings, you know, easily that you can declutter or easy that you know for sure that you're not going to declutter and put it away and keep moving forward. Just keep pressing on so that when you get to the to the end of it, if you've spent too much time on it, you can easily get to the root of the problem. So feeling stuck is a really, really common 
issue just for yourself, for other people in the house. If other people in the house get stuck, it's actually easy to help them move forward. Why are you holding on to this? Ask them. What about this is special? Why do you need it? Does it bring you happiness right now to have this? Is it helping you get to your ultimate goals? And when you can sit down with somebody else and ask them those questions, it's it makes it easier for them In return, they can ask you those same questions, although they might not know yet to ask you those questions. So that's why it's good to get yourself to a place where you are, you know, mostly decluttered so that, you know, other people can start really working with you. Um, It's really important, especially with things that cost a lot of money to move past the money aspect of things, because in the end, the money is not is not everything. (laughs) We can't use the money excuse as like the real reason we're holding on to something. Oh, but it was so expensive, right? When we say that to ourselves, we're giving ourselves permission to, you know, wallow, if you will, in, in the pity of the money that we wasted. Accept that you, this is important part of moving on from getting stuck, accept that you spent the money on something, accept that perhaps it wasn't the best way to spend the money, Allow yourself to pass it on to someone who might really need it and feel okay with that. Feel okay with the feelings of moving on from somebody, from some, not from somebody, or maybe from somebody. Feel the feel, feel, feel the okay feeling of moving on from something and allow yourself to move forward with the process because if you're stuck, you're just going to be stuck on that and you're going to stop. And the key is, again, to keep on moving because it's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time, but you don't want to get stuck and get waylaid and you don't want to hit the wall. Number four, respect other people in your house and their stuff. You move at your own pace. They move at their pace. They might be different. (laughs) You need to respect that. You need to respect that it takes practice to really learn how to declutter. It takes practice to learn to let things go and you need to respect that other people may not go as quickly as you or may not be as willing to let go of as much stuff as you on the first pass or in the same time frame. It's not a race. As long as people are making progress, that's it. That's all you have to remember. Progress is happening and people are moving forward. Remember that we want progress, not perfection. So your house might not ever be perfect, and that's okay. As long as it's always improving, that's the important part. So respect people. (laughs) Respect that people go at their own pace, and also respect that they might not be ready to throw things out yet. So You can't just throw out their stuff if they're not ready. And I think that when um, you're able to do that, it's a lot easier for, for everybody in your home and it's a lot less stressful. I'm reminded of the joke, you know, uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall, right? Practice, 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 practice. Well, that's the key here too. It takes practice for people to declutter. It takes time and it takes the practice 
the physical like yes no aspect of it to keep people moving forward and I think that that's really 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 what you have to remember is that if you are able to allow people their own space to get it done it will happen you can gently nudge them along but you can't be in their face about it where it's like, why didn't you do this? You have to do it now. You're going so slow. I'm so much faster than you. That's not going to help your cause. <laughs> respect their pace, respect their things, and respect that they might move at a different pace than you. And the last thing that I think you need to do when you're working with other people in your home to get um, decluttered and everybody's at a different pace or maybe someone's behind you or maybe someone's not on board with you is talk to your family. (laughs) I think especially once you clear out your stuff and they see what a difference it makes to you, they'll want to get on board. If you have resistance, I think it's a great idea though to, and even if you don't have resistance, it's also a great idea, to set some goals with your family. Say, this is what I want our house to look and feel like when we're done with this process. I I want to have a peaceful house. I want to have a place for everything. Whatever it looks like for you, whatever it feels like for you, if you can set that goal with them where they're um, able to see what you want clearly and maybe even join in on the goals with you where they can, you know, help you, that makes it attainable for people because then it's really under, they understand it and they feel part of it rather than you just making a blanket statement, this is what's going to happen. A few other questions that you might want to ask when you're assessing your needs or creating goals is, what do we draw the line at? So that means, for example, let's say you're trying to eliminate plastic from your home that you are going to now eliminate anything that is broken and that's plastic that's broken and anything that's broken in general because we're trying to eliminate plastics in general so anything that's broken or not in good condition is automatically going to leave set the set the boundary in addition going forward we're going to be conscientious about anything new plastic that comes into our house so that we don't have this problem again i think another important question to ask is what do we agree on that we must keep? What is negotiable and what do we want to put in the maybe pile? So clearly come up with some guidelines on what you can, what, what must be kept. Like this set of linens must be kept. This article of clothing must be kept. This book must be kept. Everything else is negotiable, but these 10 things from each person are not negotiable. And I think that's a great way to start is, These things are negotiable and these things are not. These things we can maybe get rid of after a certain time. These things we cannot ever get rid of. And when you're setting these sort of boundaries, it helps everybody be clearer. So have everybody pick 10 or even 20 things that they they must have in their life. Um, Another question you can ask is, how many of each type of object do we really need? So obviously, if you're a family, you need to have the minimum amount of cutlery or crockery for each person to sit down together at a meal. But if you have five people in your house, 
do you need service for 20? Now, again, it's not a judgment. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but whatever it is, agree on the number. So just to sort of recap this last section, whatever you decide is important to you and your family, that's fine. But setting these guidelines is really, really, really important. And this isn't part of the five, but this is just something um, that I thought was worthwhile to mention. Show gratitude to everyone in your family. So it's like number six, but you know, (laughs) uh, it's a bonus, number six. Show gratitude. Allow people to uh, feel good. Acknowledge their struggle. Remind them that it's a marathon and not a sprint. It takes time to practice to to get to your goals, right? Like Carnegie Hall, you got to practice, practice, practice. So how do you get the home of your dreams? Declutter, 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 and then declutter some more. And that takes time. So show your family that you're enjoying the progress that they're making now. You know that it's going to get better. Thank them for all the hard work and effort that they've done up until now because it's been effort. And a lot of times, you know, we go through this process and we kind of feel underappreciated by our families sometimes, not always, but sometimes. So I think to sort of boost yourself, it's a good idea to sit with your family and express that gratitude for them. Ask them each to express gratitude for something that feels positive in that situation. It will help you all feel better about moving moving forward. So I just want to recap with everybody. The first thing that you're going to want to do is realize that it isn't you. <laughs> it's me, right? It's me. Look at yourself. Look at where you're getting stuck and, and, and introspect for a few minutes and move forward instead of blaming other people for being in the situation that you're in. And that take responsibility for the situation that you're in. Don't just throw the blame on other people because that won't get you where you need to go. The second thing is clean up your own space first because we have to lead by example. And if we don't lead by example, our kids, our families, they just won't understand what the point of doing all this is. They won't understand why it's important. So showing them your success also helps them understand why it's important. But also it gives you a little bit of sanctuary, right? If you're feeling stuck, get to the root of the problem. If That's true not only for yourself, but also for someone else in your family. Now's the time to use honesty and get unstuck and and really get to the root of the problem. Why are you holding on to this thing? What is holding you back from getting rid of it? And allow yourself to explore those feelings so that you can move forward with decluttering and help other people in your house with those feelings when they feel stuck as well. Number four is respect the other people in your house and their stuff. Understand that people go at different paces and be respectful of that different pace. And of course, don't throw out other people's stuff because that won't put you in a position that you want to be in that will bring resentment and possibly, especially for smaller children, it could bring, you know, 
a little bit of OCD on to your kids for later on because they get worried and and then they're more possessive about their stuff. Not OCD. OCD is the wrong word, but they they get more possessive about their stuff. So they be, actually become hoarders or they are working harder to always please you. And so they are actually cleaning up more all the time. But then it gets to be like obsessive tidying. So, so we so we need to respect other people in our home so that we can be balanced and find a balance. And number five is to work together as a family to set goals and assess each other's needs so that you can move together with a unified goal and get to the stage of completion that you want to be at so that you can enjoy your home um, in its best most functioning way. And bonus number six is just have a little gratitude for the things that you do have and the progress that you have made and um, the progress that other people have put in to get you to where you want to be in this stage. Um, If you're stuck and you need help with decluttering, please reach out. (laughs) I'm here for you. (laughs) Book a free consultation so that we can assess where you are together and how you can move forward, you can just go to Balagan Begone. That's B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com forward slash book dash now. That's forward slash book dash now. And book a, a book a consultation with me. Uh, all you have to lose is, you know, 30 minutes of your time, right? <laughs> and I promise it won't be a loss because we will talk about so many tips and tricks during that time to get you started and to figure out how we can best work together. Because I don't just work with people uh, in person. I also work with people online. And, you know, you also know I have an online class. And so there's lots of ways to work with me. And if you're really feeling stuck, please reach out so that you don't have to be stuck anymore. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.